Welcome to GovCast. I am your host, Managing Editor Amy Kluber. Sound familiar? You might recognize that alert sound being from Slack. It's a valuable collaboration tool we've been using during this time of increased mass telework. Collaboration tools like Slack are bringing teams together during this time, and many are seeing the value they bring to keeping inboxes organized, projects moving, and teams integrated. It's been proven in the private space, and government is starting to see benefits as well, especially during the coronavirus response. Slack head of customer trust and FedRAMP Nick Hardy spoke to us about these benefits and more that the company is bringing to government. All right, Nick, thanks so much for joining us on GovCast. It's great to have you today. Happy to be here. Can't wait to start. As head of customer trust and FedRAMP, what exactly is your role and priorities at Slack? Well, my role is to ensure our security program is aligned with our customers' expectations and requirements as they entrust us to protect their most sensitive data. And this typically shakes out into two loose categories. On one hand, I meet with our customers to ensure they understand and are confident in that approach to security. And on the more tactical front, I work with my teammates to align our internal business and technical processes to comply with public sector compliance frameworks such as FedRAMP. And thankfully, in either capacity, I'm fortunate enough to work alongside the best risk and compliance peers in the industry that are always enabling Slack to adhere to the most rigorous standards set forth by our industry. So what brought you to the company to begin with? Were you always interested in computing technology? (laughs) As my parents can certainly attest to, since I was a child, I've been intrigued by more or less anything with the screen. So it's certainly safe to say I've always been interested in and around computers. As for Slack, I actually started out as a FedRAMP consultant working with Coalfire, where Slack was the customer. As much as I learned and greatly appreciate the opportunity at Coalfire, I vividly remember my first experience being on site at Slack's previous headquarters on Fifth Street. When you walked in, you could just feel the energy. The entry area was incredibly welcoming and actually had a gong for coffee and social time that was rung. Common areas were filled with spirited discussions with work topics and personal topics such as rock climbing or, or other passion projects that were happening. And meeting rooms were just filled with what seemed to be engaged participants, all with a mutual passion to change the way work happens. It was and still is an incredibly exciting mission that just excites me day in and day out to help all of these organizations reach their goals and to do so in a secure and compliant manner. So Slack is maybe gaining a lot of popularity lately. What exactly is it? Is it more than just another chat app? Yeah. Simply put, Slack replaces email inside your company and is a channel-based messaging platform. This fundamentally changes how we think about collaboration, shifting from a user-first perspective, such as an inbox, to a team-first perspective, which we call channels. To illustrate this, I want you to think back about a time when you either onboarded a new teammate or the last company you joined without Slack. In order to get caught up on the information you needed, you probably had to ask or rely on people to proactively forward you messages to allow you to piecemeal the relevant information. With Slack, all this work, collaboration, persists inside channels. A channel is where users can send messages, share files, or integrate with other software such as Jira, Salesforce, or Office 365. When a new user needs to be added to the conversation or to the project, the user simply needs to join the channel if it's public or be invited if it's private. 
This means that new employees or those joining projects can get caught up seamlessly and at their pace, going through the relevant channels where projects are happening, where the work and the various systems are interconnected, without having to receive 20 different email chains and inevitably missing the most important one. So it's really uh, changing the fundamental way that people approach work and just having the team be the least common denominator instead of the individual first. Would you say government agencies have communication challenges? Uh, <laughs> well, I think most organizations uh, would agree in saying they face communication challenges. <laughs> I don't think the government is particularly unique in facing this challenge. I believe communication, collaboration, and just overall work is an evergreen concept that organizations must adapt and adjust their strategy towards as the work environment around them continues to change. So Slack has been one of our useful tools during this time. I mean, it's certainly brought my team together as we're remote. Obviously, we're recording this podcast remote as well during the quarantine situation. But what is the value in bringing teams together via a collaboration tool like Slack? Yeah, I really break it down into three different categories, with the first one being kind of the net net of everything. And that's faster decision making. Slack services the right information at the right time to the right people, enabling everyone to get work done and to make the key decisions that must be made at the right time. And then as we work down from that kind of top level, the ability to securely collaborate with external partners such as vendors or contractors by leveraging shared channels and guest features is simply key. When we deploy to the federal agencies and our public sector partners, we see the ability and the networked effect of shared channels, allowing these organizations that rely on one another so tremendously to have more engagement at that layer to where they can bring their tools and messages together to just simply become more efficient in that working relationship. And then last, but certainly not least, is the flexibility of the platform. Slack's platform is built in an API-first methodology, which is designed not only to support our 2,000-plus applications in our app directory, but to support our customers' legacy and on-premises applications and infrastructure as well. Coming from my background of auditing a lot of cleared sites uh, around the United States and doing a few more federal IT audits, I know those integrations would certainly be important and would certainly improve workflows along the way. And perhaps most importantly, if coding isn't your thing, we have a no-code solution called Workflow Builder that actually allows any employee to create simple workflows such as an IT help desk or a triage channel setting up triggers or functions where if something happens, then an automated message is sent or an automated response, whatever it may be. And you can kind of extrapolate that. But it's really interesting and it really takes those lightweight workflows and really enhances them. It certainly sounds pretty user-friendly, but Slack isn't the only tool out there. So what can Slack do that the others can't? Is there something unique about it? Yeah, absolutely. I think we actually just released a recent revamp to our user interface. And I think the agility that Slack is able to operate with and the ability to understand work from our customers, we have a variety of customers in every single vertical along the way. So we just have an incredible amount of signal as to how we need to continue to support our customers. And one of the first things that comes to mind is shared channels. It allows two organizations to mutually federate a channel where they are then able to invite who they deem fit to that conversation to simply enhance the working relationship between two entities and knowing how strong of a relationship there is between one agency to another agency with that interagency collaboration or as we move contractors into the mix. It's a really compelling shift in, in the way that we work with partners and we've seen our customers be very successful today. 
And in addition to kind of the more network front and more feature oriented, we have more security oriented differentiator as well. And that's enterprise key management. This is the ability for our customers to bring their own encryption keys, leveraging Amazon's key management service to encrypt their data at rest within Slack systems. And while there are a variety of benefits to EKM, the one I believe resonates most with the public sector is the ability to self-serve their information spillage or IR9 for those NIST users. So what this means is if a user accidentally uploads a file or has a conversation that shouldn't have occurred on the platform, the customer can simply revoke that key and effectively crypto shred that information and meet their compliance and security obligations by removing that sensitive material from the system. So it's really imperative for organizations that want that increased visibility and security control of their information. Considering the current climate we're in as we're dealing with the coronavirus pandemic, telework has been such an important framework in how agencies are starting to think about how they work. What response have you been hearing around tools like Slack in the government community right now? Yeah, I mean, certainly with everyone else in this space, we've seen a tremendous uptick and we're doing our best we can in providing support to not only the nonprofits, researchers and medical organizations that have been fighting COVID since the beginning. We have continued to assist the other public sector organizations in supporting their new, more distributed way of working as well. And to me, this is a testament to the fact that regardless of the circumstances, as unfortunate as they may be, Slack does have the ability to support the public sector as work continues to evolve regardless if it's a messaging platform or wanting that feature-rich integration with Salesforce or Office 365, we are there to assist agencies and frontline workers every step of the way. Now, regarding security, that's always a fun topic, isn't it? (laughs) With any cloud-based tool, security is always going to be a challenge. Can you elaborate on some of the measures or controls that are in place today? Yeah, I I think we're going to need another podcast for that, but I will certainly (laughs) do my best to make this short and concise. We'll start at the top level and go from there. First, we have defined and executed an internal security governance framework that enables us to achieve SOC 2, ISO, and FedRAMP. We are currently FedRAMP low or LI SAS, but we are in the final authorization stage of FedRAMP moderate. And now shifting away from our compliance and shifting to our public sector customers and the security features that have always been top of mind as they have uh, evaluated Slack and deployed Slack successfully is the audit log API. This allows customers to ingest audit logs into their SIM, such as Splunk, for appropriate logging and monitoring on all activity within Slack, whether that's an administrator performing an action, a user joining a channel, or anything in between, that audit log API would capture and send that back to the agency. Second is our ability to integrate with data loss prevention providers, which can prevent and remove sensitive or classified information from getting into Slack once it sees specific attributes or what our customers define as not acceptable. So we'll actually do that cursory review for you and remove or tombstone any of the material that is necessary. Then, in in case mistakes are made or increased visibility is desired, we offer enterprise key management which not only allows organizations the ability to control the encryption keys at rest, but it also prevents Slack personnel from being able to access their plain text data at rest, further enhancing our Slack security story. And then last, but certainly not least, we have the appropriate export functionality to enable customers to support FOIA requests with corporate exports and e-discovery for offline archiving. And I know that was a mouthful, so if anyone has any further questions, I'm more than happy to help. Please reach out to fedramp at slack.com for any technical or compliance questions. Happy to answer them. 
That was a super technical answer, but I think that's just a long way of saying you have all your bases covered. So it's good to know. Are there any upcoming features and growth plans Slack is thinking through right now as a direct impact from its government clients? Certainly. I see us improving the administrative shared channels experience in an effort to provide even more visibility and controls that two organizations may want prior to establishing that mutually shared channel. So that's probably the most pertinent feature that I think is going to receive a lot of love as it relates directly to the government and the asks. And then as it relates to growth, we understand there's only one way to go from FedRAMP moderate, and that's DOD IL level four and FedRAMP high. We are currently undergoing active investigations into these frameworks and what it would take for us to meet them and always welcome conversations with agencies and public sector organizations to understand these security and compliance requirements to ensure that we can support you as you continue to evolve the way you work. If an agency wanted to get started with Slack right now, what would be the best way for them to do so? There's probably two different fronts. We have the feedback at slack.com, which is kind of the all-encompassing email that will certainly put you in touch with the appropriate sales folks. And then as mentioned earlier, FedRAMP at slack.com for more security and compliance related questions. Happy to help and have a conversation at any time. Well, Nick, thanks for joining us on GovCast. This is awesome conversation to get to know a little bit more about a collaboration tool that so many use. And it's good to know that government is starting to think about these things in terms of the value it brings to teleworking. Certainly, we've seen our agency customers today see a lot of success and look forward to seeing even more. GovCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentcio.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you hear, let us know by leaving us a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. GovCast is produced by Amy Kluber. Theme music provided by Big Hoax. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com. Governmentcio.com.